I'm Virginia Allen. I'm Samantha Sherris. And this is the Daily Signal Top News for Monday, May 8th. Here are today's headlines. Well, on this Monday, we are remembering the fact that it was a very sober weekend in Texas. Two violent incidents left 16 people dead. On Saturday, a gunman opened fire at an outlet mall in Allen, Texas, just north of Dallas. Eight people were killed and at least seven others were injured. The shooter was armed with a handgun and an AR-15 and was wearing a tactical vest. A police officer who was at the outlets responded and shot and killed the man on Saturday. The shooter's motives are still being determined. Initial reporting indicates he may have espoused to white supremacy ideology. Texas Governor Greg Abbott joined Shannon Bream on Fox News Sunday to discuss the tragedy. Bream asked the governor if he would consider some form of increased gun control measures in Texas. Here's what he had to say. There are some potential uh, easy solutions, such as uh, passing laws that we're working on right now to uh, get guns out of the hands of dangerous criminals and to increase penalties uh, for criminals who possess guns. Uh, but, uh, Shannon, we need to, to, to recognize the reality. What we've seen across the United States over the past year or two, uh, and that is a, an increased number of shootings uh, in both uh, red states and blue states. Uh, Shannon, we've seen an increased number of shootings in states with easy gun laws as well as states with very strict gun laws. Abbott went on to point to the increase of anger and mental health issues, tying these to the increase in shootings and saying the long-term solution to these mass shootings is addressing mental health. Then on Sunday morning, Texas witnessed another grave tragedy. A man driving an SUV plowed into a group of people waiting for a bus in Brownsville, which is on the southern tip of Texas. Eight people were killed and at least 10 more injured. Most of the victims are reported to be male migrants from Venezuela. It is not yet known whether the driver intentionally plowed into the crowd or whether it was an accident. The driver was taken to the hospital and has been charged with manslaughter. Charges could soon be coming against President Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden. But House Oversight Committee Chair and Kentucky Republican Representative James Comer is urging the Department of Justice to push pause on indicting Hunter Biden until after Wednesday. Why? Because Comer says Republicans are holding a press conference Wednesday that will unveil additional damaging information about the business dealings of the Biden family. Comer joined Fox News on Sunday morning and said a credible whistleblower has come forward with additional information about the unlawful business activity of the Biden family. His message to the Department of Justice is, do not indict Hunter Biden before Wednesday. Comer told Fox News the documents would implicate Joe Biden in a pay-for-play scheme while he was vice president. We reviewed documents uh, from the legally protected whistleblower, highly credible whistleblower, uh, that would implicate Joe Biden in a pay-for-play scheme uh, in uh, uh, trying to uh, set up a deal to receive funds to he and his family. Uh, in exchange for foreign policy decisions. 
Stay tuned for more on this after the press conference Wednesday. And in other Hunter Biden news, remember back to 2020. The New York Post published a story about Hunter Biden's laptop and the emails found on that laptop. The emails included damaging information against the younger Biden. When the New York Post broke that story, then-director of the CIA, Michael Morell, claimed that the emails were Russian disinformation. In fact, he drafted a letter saying as much and asking others to sign it. Former CIA directors like John Brennan, Leon Panetta, and Mike Hayden, a total of 51 people, signed the letter. But the letter was published without going through the required pre-publication security review, according to a New York Post story from yesterday. The Post says the letter also omitted the disclaimer required by the CIA to be included in any such intelligence assessment, which would have declared all statements of fact, opinion, or analysis expressed are those of the author and do not reflect the official position or views of the Central Intelligence Agency. The CIA did not respond to the Post when they reached out for comment on this matter. The family of deceased Jordan Neely is speaking out. Remember that Neely was riding on the New York City subway last week and was allegedly shouting and threatening passengers. A 24-year-old Marine veteran is reported to have put Neely in a chokehold while other passengers held his arms and legs. Neely was taken to the hospital and then later declared dead. Medical examiners have determined Neely's death a homicide, stating that he died from compression of the neck. Neely was homeless and struggled with mental health. The Marine veteran who put Neely in a chokehold is Daniel Penny. Penny's attorneys issued a statement saying, When Mr. Neely began aggressively threatening Daniel Penny and the other passengers, Daniel, with the help of others, acted to protect themselves until help arrived. Daniel never intended to harm Mr. Neely and could not have foreseen his untimely death. Neely's family responded to the statement today with their own statement criticizing Penny. They wrote, Daniel Penny's press release is not an apology nor an expression of regret. It is a character assassination and a clear example of why he believed he was entitled to take Jordan's life. Additional video footage of the incident surfaced on social media on Sunday. It shows that Penny put Neely into the recovery position after he subdued him. The situation is still under review by authorities. Anheuser-Busch sales have fallen by 26% since the company teamed up with transgender activist Dylan Mulvaney for an ad campaign during March Madness, according to the Daily Mail. But the CEO of Anheuser-Busch says social media misinformation is to blame for the beer's falling sales. Anheuser-Busch CEO Michelle Ducaris called the work with Mulvaney just one post and not an advertisement. During an interview with the Financial Times, Ducaris said that the beer can with Mulvaney's face on it was never intended for general production or sale for the public. After Mulvaney posted a photo and video on social media with cans of Bud Light, calls to boycott the brand erupted. Mulvaney is a man who has identified as a woman for just over a year and has gained a large following on TikTok, documenting his life living as a woman. Mulvaney's background is in theater. And with that, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks for joining us here on The Daily Signal's Top News.
If you haven't gotten a chance, be sure to check out our morning show right here in this podcast feed where we interview lawmakers, experts, and leading conservative voices. Join us tomorrow morning for an interview edition with famed syndicated columnist Cal Thomas. We're sitting down to discuss his brand new book, A Watchman in the Night, what I've seen over 50 years reporting on America. And I think you all are going to enjoy some of what Mr. Thomas says he has seen over the past 50 years covering some of the biggest events in American history. Also, make sure you subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach even more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review. We read and appreciate all of your feedback. Thank you all again for joining us today. Have a wonderful evening, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow morning for our conversation with Cal Thomas. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.